to Data Driven Health Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Data Driven Health Radio. My name is Dave Krasunsky. I'm your host. And on this show, we look at the science, the stories, and the technology of people who are taking control of their health. And today, I'm joined by Derek Green, and he's going to share his story about his battle with cancer and how that's just changed and led him in a, in a different course of life. And he started to work on some really, really fascinating resources that are going to be helpful for every, anyone who finds themselves in a similar situation. And we're also starting to talk about how his work can collaborate with the work we're doing at Heads Up Health. So welcome, Derek. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, David. Good to be with you. Yeah, likewise. And so we got connected through our mutual friend, Mr. Dorian Green, a.k.a. Mr. Mojo, as he uh, colloquially calls yeah. himself. And we're doing a ton of work with those guys to integrate their device into Heads Up. And we've just become really great partners. And I know... You had yep. had some informal conversations with him about the work you want to do around tracking data, and that's how we got connected. Yep. So uh, give us a little intro on yourself, and, and then maybe we can learn about your story and how you got here, and, and we'll take it from there. Sure thing. Well, I live in uh, Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, 48 years old, married, father of five, um, career in real estate sales, commercial real estate advisory for 21, 22 years, mm -hmm. uh, born and raised in Ottawa, which is about three hours uh, from here, moved to Peterborough when I was 19 to go to Trent University, married a local girl and never left. Well, um, I'm a, a fellow so Canadian, working record, Eric, uh, fellow Canadian, born and raised That's in right. Winnipeg, and uh, 25 humbling winters before I evacuated. So uh, it's always nice <laughs> to speak to a fellow Canadian. Yeah. I don't think it's quite that bad where you are. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, we're right in the center of a storm warning right now. Yeah. Yesterday it, uh, yeah, it was, uh, minus 30 out or felt like minus 30 or something. So, well, great to speak yeah, to we're a getting pretty Canadian, good this year. For sure. <laughs> Thank you. So I was, um, I was diagnosed, uh, in March, 2016 with, uh, colon cancer stage three. Yep. Um, Always considered myself a fairly fairly healthy guy, uh, fairly active. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, kind of hit me out of left field. Sure, you were working full time um, and, and and everything like that. Working full time, yep. uh, going full tilt. Probably yep. uh, working a little bit harder than I should have. You know, these things in hindsight, uh, you, you know, you recognize um, little clues along the way looking back but yeah there's no no indication that anything was going on yep aside from um you know when i started getting symptoms and went to get uh, went to get an exam and sure. and it was found uh, that i that i was sick so yep. uh what happened was i was um i received the diagnosis and they did some imaging and then they wanted to refer me to to a uh, a surgeon in toronto i had to wait six weeks to get in to see him uh, so in the meantime, of course, you can't sit around and do nothing after you get the diagnosis. So I had bought, uh, I had bought a book uh, by Charles Majors uh, called Cancer Killers, and I read. I'd, I bought it with a plan to give it away, uh, but I had never given it away. So I recalled I had the book, read it, and um, 
It was a very, very good book, short and concise, almost bullet points, which is very helpful um, to the uninitiated. You know, I, I wasn't familiar with any of the language or terminology or options or anything like that, or any of the nutrition for that matter. So, so that book was um, a but good, in the appendix uh, of the book. There, the good that book is a good is basic a good, starting point if people are looking for something that breaks down the the vernacular and in, in some easy to understand ways. I would say so. It's. It's, um, you know, certainly not all there is to say, sure. um, but it is, and, and it's mostly on prevention. Now okay. he, he was, um, he himself had uh, metastatic bone cancer, bone cancer that had gone to the brain and he dealt with it uh, through some natural approaches, which I'm, I'm not that familiar with. So, you okay. know, but he, he had success with it. He was telling his story a little bit, but mainly, mainly it was a, it was an encouragement toward a cancer preventative lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll link to it in the appendix notes here at the, uh, we'll, we'll link to it yeah. in the show notes. Okay. In the appendix, he had a list of, um, of integrative cancer clinics, uh, okay. that he recommended. And one Fantastic. of them happened to be in Canada yeah. about an hour from where I lived. So I went to, uh, I went to, uh, the clinic of biomedicine. It's in Toronto and mm -hmm. did a, uh, uh, a treatment there, a IV treatment, and yep. the uh, the doctor there had me change my diet and that, and I didn't know, you know, I was just following his instructions and that. But within within two weeks, my symptoms went away a hundred percent, and so it so what were those changes? Started, nutritional changes that that particular doctor recommended? oh removed all carbs. Yep. Yeah. All all breads, all grains. Yep. Uh, most fruit, all starchy vegetables, rice, pasta, you yep. name it. Yeah. Did, did they call it keto uh, or it did wasn't they just a keto call it a, okay. All right. No. All right. Understood. No, what, what, it wasn't a high fat diet. It was just Got a low it. carb diet. Understood. Um, and it didn't, he didn't give too many instructions on protein either. So sure. it was just mainly carb reduction. Yep. But it was enough to, it was enough to make a significant change in, in symptoms and that and kind of opened my eyes that, you know, there's, there's a lot to this that I didn't, I didn't realize. So, um, you know, various, various introductions were made one to the next and um, uh, ended up speaking with Ralph Moss, who's a cancer advisor um, in the U.S. Cancerdecisions.com is his website. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal resource. Um, and you know, through, through reading the research and, and, and speaking with, um, with experts in their fields, it was decided that I should go through with the, uh, with the conventional treatment. So I did the, did the chemo radiation, had the surgery. Um, but by that point, my, my dietary changes had, had gone from low carb into full ketogenic. Uh, with some intermittent and longer term fasting before yep. and I had a great response to it. Um, went through the surgery, uh, Sunnybrook hospital did their own pathology. Turned out I had a pathologic complete response to the neoadjuvant treatment, which means there's nothing left of the cancer at all, which is a fairly rare occurrence as I understand Beautiful. it. Stage yep. three. Mm -hmm. Um, well, the dietary changes certainly were, were a powerful adjunct to yep. the other things that we're doing. Yep. Yeah. So continue on to this day in ketosis and never looking back. Yeah. 
That's great. You mentioned a couple people there. You mentioned uh, Charles Major, Ralph Moss, and his website. Were there other mm-hmm. people? Yeah. You mentioned uh, Dr. Seeley Toomey at one point. Who, who were the people along the way that you connected with that you really felt knew their stuff and were a really yeah. uh, sound voice of reason as you were learning this whole world? Sure, sure. And that's the, you know, that, that's the major uh, stumbling block, I think, because, you know, the first thing anybody does is get on Google uh, when they get a cancer diagnosis and you could land with the right person or the wrong person. Right. Sure. Yeah. So I always tell them, don't, don't, uh, don't just jump on Google unless yep. you know exactly what you're looking for. Yes. You know? We've all made that mistake. Um, I know I've made it exactly. or and look exactly. up symptoms and the anxiety goes through the roof and you can certainly yep. end up down the wrong path. That's why I wanted to get your, your, your list of people that, that you sure. trusted. Sure. Well, um, so I, I went the clinic of biomedicine in Toronto uh, put me in touch with uh, Susan Brown, who is a uh, a doctor who specializes in in bone health, mm-hmm. and she suggested a few things to me. But the most important thing she did was refer me to Ralph Moss, who I had never never heard of before, and you know had no reason to ever look him up. Yep. He is a he is a cancer adv- uh, advisor uh, who. Uh, worked at Sloan Kettering 45 years ago or so in in uh, in their uh, publicity arm and has for the past 40 years operated uh, Cancer Decisions, which is a uh, which is a work that he performs where he researches uh, conventional and um, integrative cancer therapies. Yes. Uh, publishes the work in Moss is Moss reports, which are massive documents on a particular type of cancer. So I, for example, I purchased a Moss report on, on colorectal cancer, 600 pages mm-hmm. on, um, you know, nutritional approaches and conventional therapies, uh, integrative therapies, probably 50 pages or so on ratings on uh, integrative cancer clinics all over the world. Uh, and it's structured so that uh, it's a document that you can take in and present to your oncologist pretty much after every paragraph that he writes. There is a link to the research article that supports uh, what he's saying. Yep. So it's a it's a document that is designed to be brought into a uh, to a you know a conventional oncologist and have the uh, studies so without having Dr. to Ma- dig them all up yourself Absolutely. and defend yourself saying Absolutely. this is why I want to try X or Y. It sounds like those yeah. links and p- studies are already prepared for you, which is, is huge because he's obviously vetted these yeah. and, and deemed them credible yeah. to include, which is awesome. Absolutely. And so, and he also does phone consults. So I actually did three phone consults with him, two before surgery and one after. And yep. his, you know, his knowledge is absolutely encyclopedic. So his, his advice was invaluable. And he's, and the, the nice thing about uh, Dr. Moss is that he's not only knowledgeable and well-connected, but he's, he's a hundred percent unbiased, yeah. which, you know, you put those three things together and that's a near impossible combination to find in the cancer field, you know, uh, his, his only, his only, uh, support as far as I know comes from, uh, the sale of his Moss reports and phone consults. So he, yeah. he takes no money from either side. Yeah. So, you know, I was expecting him to tell me not to do the conventional therapies because yeah. that was kind of the mindset that I had, of you know, course. and yeah. his advice, was, his advice was to do them. Mm-hmm. 
because based on the research, uh, there, there is no benefit um, to chemo radiation in many, many cases with stage two colorectal cancer, but there is a, a small but significant benefit with stage three. So based on the research, his advice was to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, based on, based on his recommendation, then I went through and, and did it uh, along with the, uh, you know, the, the ketogenic diet and, yep. and uh, high dose vitamin C infusions and some other things. So, so that was invaluable. And the other, the other man that he put me in touch with was uh, Jason Fung in Toronto, yep. mm-hmm. who's a nephro- nephrologist with a, yep with an interest in uh, ketogenic diet and the application of type two diabetes. Yep. So uh, he runs a group called uh, integrative uh, or intensive dietary management. Yep. Uh, Familiar with, with his Megan work. Ramos who has. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Ralph Moss was the introduction there. And right. so uh, Dr. Fung's input uh, in, into the diet really helped me refine what I was already doing and uh, has been also invaluable. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there's the advisor, you know, Ralph Moss, the advisor, um, uh, Megan Ramos or, or, um, Dr. Fung on the nutrition side. And then, uh, you know, an integrative oncologist is also an it's important part of the team. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't yeah. heard it explained yeah. that way, but an integrative oncologist is, is a great yeah. word yeah. to describe how these yeah, adjunct a, uh, experts can come in and, and a good way to think about how, their role in the process. Right. Yeah. A natural doctor who specializes in integrative cancer care, right? Who's yeah. not, not, not a renegade and going to tell you to uh, dismiss everything that your uh, conventional doctor says. Yep. Uh, but, you know, going to, going to work, work alongside that and, uh, and recommend therapies that are going to increase the efficacy of anything you're doing on the conventional side. Yep. So I was, uh, I was, rec- I was actually referred to, uh, the Marsden center. Eric Marsden is a, uh, a natural doctor in, uh, in Toronto, uh, who specializes in cancer care. And yep. so I was referred to, to the Marsden center through Jason Fung's clinic as well. Yep. Uh, so there, there's the team, you know, there's, That's there's great. the, uh, yep. the, you got uh, pointed in the right advisor, the natural doctor. Yep, for sure. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And so you ended up using the the a combination of the conventional treatments, the uh, ketogenic diet, the intermittent fasting, some uh, IV type uh, uh, modalities yep. like vitamin C, and that was and and you yep. had it, it looks like the best of the conventional Western and the integrative approaches to get you through this. Is that a good way to think about it? Mm-hmm. I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. And some, some, um, supplements that were recommended by Ralph Moss and some other things as well. So, uh, you know, it's approach to cancer is not a two dimensional, uh, it's not a two dimensional, uh, approach, you know, it's everything. It's, it's, it's a cube. It's a cube. You got to look at it. A cube has six sides, right? So there's the conventional, the nutrition, there's absolutely research, there's lifestyle, sleep, exercise, uh, all these things come into play. You're, you have to look at that as a three-dimensional approach. Yep. And you've obviously had a great outcome as a result. Very thankful for, uh, yeah, uh, uh, currently cancer-free, um, pathologic complete response to the, to the neoadjuvant treatment, which is the treatment prior to surgery. Yep. Uh, circulating tumor cell test uh, I did through the Marsden Center showed a, a very minimal amount of uh, tumor cells still in the bloodstream, mm-hmm. 
but just continued on with uh, IV vitamin C and the supplements and the ketogenic diet. And when I retested a few months later, it was zeroed out, nothing left there either. So that's, that's awesome. So that's the, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that, that that is extremely beneficial to a lot of people who are just starting to do the research and the homework and, and need some sound sources of information and advice. I think the next piece I'd love to get your thoughts on were how you, you learned the ketogenic diet. And that we, we were joking about this before we hit the recording about yeah. just going into the supermarket. I grew up in the grain capital of Canada in Winnipeg <laughs> and had yeah. completely ignorant to anything related yeah. to these low carb interventions. And I remember almost having a, a meltdown in, this, in the supermarket because I just didn't know what to buy. And it was actually yeah. pretty stressful. But as I learned, I'd love to learn how, how you got the hang of it and particularly what data you were collecting along the way. That's, that's why I built Heads Up Health, to give people ways to measure yeah. and fine tune. So what was that yeah. process like for you and, and what did you find helpful yeah. there? Well, the, the process was, a, was quite a lengthy process. As I said, uh, the, the first clinic I, I attended uh, in Toronto was, was, uh, had, had me change to low carb but not – not high fat and so it wasn't low enough carb to be ketogenic i don't think because he didn't say anything about uh you know vegetables so i was you know i wasn't eating any grains but i was eating you know four tomatoes a day in my salad and all sorts of other stuff so there was no um, number of grams so per day that he was telling you to stay under that. i wasn't i wasn't really measuring no i mean i, I recorded everything that i ate yep. but i wasn't measuring at that point, got it. Uh, I did lose about twenty pounds in about mm-hmm. uh, six weeks. Yeah, uh, on diet, you know, I was a little bit overweight. I was yeah. about two hundred and ten pounds when I when I began this March two thousand sixteen. I'm one seventy yeah. now, so yeah. still down forty pounds of holding Yeah, um, but I so I moved to moved to low carb, and then um, you know through the connection with Jason Fung, moved into ketogenic, and and so. The process was uh, just to continue to study and to and to see which which food groups had to be cut out. And I, I got I'm a bit of a data junkie, so I would um, you know I would collect a lot of a lot of macros and put them into a spreadsheet, and then kindred uh, isolate the there. isolate the food. Yeah, we're kindred spirits. That? On, yeah. on the data nerd right. side. Yeah, for sure. And you isolate the. Um, Isolate the foods that um, that had been shown in you know clinical trials or or some sort of research to have anti-cancer properties. So yeah. things like uh, you know uh, broccoli sprouts, mm-hmm. um, sulforaphane from broccoli, and that sort of thing. I'd be I'd be looking for foods like that, and then I'd I'd look for the lowest carb yep. uh, foods that had been shown to be you know somewhat anti-cancer, and mm-hmm. and tried to build my diet around that. Uh, so o- over time, the diet that I'm now on took form and even now is still evolving and changing, always looking for ways to improve it. Sure. But the way I approach it is I, I pretty much eat the same thing every day. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people would find that boring, but I, I kind of like structure. Um, well, it's I, easy. I don't have a problem when with you're that. following keto, yeah, it, like, when you need to be low carb, if you find a meal plan that works for a day, it's like, okay, I can just replicate this for a few days and it just takes a lot yeah, of the work right. out of it. Yeah, and you're, you're you're tracking you're you're tracking your numbers, you're tracking your blood sugar and ketone levels and that sort of thing, and and you know looking for peaks and valleys and ways to 
level out the humps and keep yep. things low. And, uh, and once, once it really starts to refine it, uh, I, I just think the easiest thing is to stick with the same thing every day. Yep. Yeah. I'm, so uh, as far as, um, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. That's, that's been my regimen for the past few days. I'm, I'm finally back into a deep level of uh, ketosis myself. And I, I would agree. Find, find something that works where you've tracked your macros for the day it, it got you into your target, your target ranges, and you got the, feed, the, the biofeedback from the glucometer and the ketone meter to say, yes, this was a yeah. successful day, and then just yeah. replicate. And if you've got three or four of those days laid out, you have a way to take a lot of the, the work and the stress, I guess, out of the planning. That's right. And you can, and you can, uh, you can adjust the timing of your meals and even your, your, you know, your bedtimes and your wake up times and that yep. sort of thing to minimize the chances of falling off the wagon. Right. Yep. Because you need to, you need to find something that's going to give you satiety. And, you know, if you're going to be in it for the long term, you've got to be happy with what you're eating. But what, so, you know, the way, ways that I found in, in manipulating, not just the diet, but the, but the lifestyle is, uh, you know, to, I, I go to bed early, I get up early because I, I'm, I'm more likely to snack in the evenings than the mornings. Sure. So, you know, I, I eat at, I, I fast for 18 hours a day or sometimes 19. So I'll eat at, uh, I'll eat at noon or 1 PM mm -hmm. and then again at 6 PM and mm -hmm. that's it. So from every 6 day PM until the regimen. Every day. Yeah. And then I, and then I, uh, I do a water fast every Thursday. Mm -hmm. So I, I would go from uh, dinner tonight, Wednesday evening, 6 p.m. until uh, Friday lunch uh, on, you know, just do a water fast. So that's a 42-hour water fast every week. Yeah. Uh, and the reason I do it uh, on Thursdays is because every second Friday, I still have a, uh, a high-dose vitamin C infusion just yep. to keep things going. So I like, I like to go into that in fasted state to mm -hmm. improve efficacy if there's yep. anything left. Yep. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure the fasting so. is just it combined with with the ketogenic diet. It seems like that would be an and an extremely powerful combination, especially the the regular intermittent fast and then the weekly extended. It seems like that's really a good way to keep the metabolic pressure on things. And um, I think are you so. Tracking the, yeah. the glucose ketone index or anything like that. Do you use the GKI? I, tr I track it all the time, and I go through spurts. I'm on a uh, I, I'm on a uh, a, a three day uh, a three-day study right now where I take my glucose and ketones every every uh, half hour for for yeah, three days. Yeah, you mentioned that. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah. So I'm on. Uh, I'm doing it right now. I did it yesterday and today, and then tomorrow will be interesting because I because tomorrow is the water fast. So yep. uh, always 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 in uh, therapeutic ketosis. Yep. So which which essentially means your ketones are higher than your glucose, right? So my my glucose is typically between 3.5 and 4 millimoles and my ketones are between 4 and 5 millimoles. Yep. Uh, and then, then on the uh, water fast, of course, yep. the, the glucose goes down and the ketones go up. So. Yep. And for those who aren't familiar with the glucose ketone index, that's a metric developed by Dr. Seafried out of his labs yep. and a handful of others. And what it's really doing is looking at the relationship between glucose and ketones and making sure that both are controlled for because correct me if I'm wrong, but what he found was that there were different lifestyle factors that could throw one or the other number out of range and it would take you out of the optimal metabolic zone. So there's actually right. three numbers that are the key here. There's the glucose, the ketones, and then there's a calculation for the ratio and that's called the, the GKI, the, 
the glucose ketone index. We have a lot of people that track that in Heads Up Health, but I just wanted, for those who aren't familiar yeah. with it, that's what it is. And it sounds like that's a metric that you use as well. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't calculate the, the GKI uh, per se anymore. Only, you know, I, I just look for, are, are my ketones yep, at enough. or above my glucose? Yep. Yeah, yeah. We built some features in uh, heads up uh, where if you just enter glucose and ketones, if the timestamps are within five minutes, we automatically calculate the GKI for you. So it takes a little bit of okay. work out of it. So um, yeah, we're, we're trying to simplify that because there's so many people that need it. But I guess you can also eyeball it yes. if if uh, ketones are higher than glucose, then that seems it seems like that's the the metric you use now that you're just more versed here. That's what I'm interested in now. Of course, if your if your glucose and ketones are both eight millimoles, there's a problem, right? For sure. Yes. Uh, so I mean, it's not the only thing that matters. But yeah. uh, yep. as long as they're in the as long as they're in the your glucose is in the low low to normal range and your yep. ketones are at or above that level, then you're, you're pretty good. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So other, you know, other individuals, other individuals that, uh, that were important as I continued studying, of course, were, were Dr. Seafried and, yeah. uh, and Travis Christopherson here in Klamian. Yeah. Uh, as I started to drill down more into the act and read the primary research myself, which is, you know, I think we, where uh, hopefully people get to, you know, I mean, it's important, it's important to have resources because the, the problem is, you know, somebody going into this and, you know, I, I use the term uninitiated, but, you, you know, I mean, you don't know how much you don't know. And that is a, that is a, a scary thing to realize when you, when, when you uh, start to recognize how, how consequential your decisions are going to be, right? Yep. In, in therapies and, and uh, research and that sort of thing. Um, so resources uh, like your website or keto therapy are, are important, uh, but really ultimately what we want to do is empower people to connect them with the primary research and, yep. and, and get, get them reading that themselves. Yep. Yeah. So Seafried, Seafried and others have been phenomenal in, in you know, presenting that research in, in such a way that is accessible, uh, yep. I think to, you know, to, uh, to the laity, to, to, uh, cancer patients who are, you know, who want to go and read, want to find it. Uh, It's there and it's, it's compelling. Well, I think that that's a good segue to some of the work that you've started to undertake yourself personally. And one of the things that I was fascinated by was your decision to change career paths and, Mm -hmm. and dive in at the center for naturopathic medicine in Toronto, which is where my younger sister went to school. She's a naturopathic doctor in Canada and she deals with a lot of cancer patients there and bringing in the integrative approaches. So when I saw that, that you had jumped in there, that it was a fascinating connection, but you're really diving in head first into this world. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that, that switch and, and the Center for Naturopathic mm-hmm. Medicine, sorry, the college, and then just lead us into what you want to build uh, on your website. Okay. Well, the, the, uh, so I had applied, uh, I applied to and was accepted at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto for their yep. four year natural doctor program. Yep. Uh, I have, I have since uh, transitioned out of that actually, yep. and uh, we're pursuing a, a master's in biology at, uh, at Trent University. My, my uh, interest is research. Got it. And so, uh, you know, 
the the um, the pursuit of the of the program at uh, CCNM was uh, was with a view to doing research, and the uh, MSc in biology at, at Trent University will be with the, with a similar view. So, my 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 interest and my passion is 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 advocacy and awareness um, because I'm I'm fully aware that uh, if 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 my process of discovery had not gone the way that it had i could have landed on the youtube guy uh, advocating 12 glasses of carrot juice a day for cancer and yep. i i could well be dead right now yep. you know um, it, it's it's just it's just critical that uh, that awareness of the of the actual research behind metabolic uh, Therapies in cancer is brought to the is brought to the public square, and yes. and people are are made aware of the of the options that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about that before. Knowledge is power. Uh, has is never truer than when you're facing down a cancer diagnosis. Knowledge and data. You have to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. N- knowledge of data. Yes, right. Certainly, you have to know what the options are. Uh, and, and that, you know, in, in the, in the public consciousness right now, it's not there. There, there's an awareness that there are options, Yes. but the resource people turn to is Google and they could land anywhere. Yep. So, you know, my passion is, is, uh, advocacy and awareness for metabolic therapies in, in, uh, in cancer management. Uh, and so doing primary research, uh, meta-analysis of existing research, uh, and packaging it up in such a way as is digestible for the uh, for the uh, everyday cancer patient who's yep. just received a diagnosis, mm-hmm. uh, wondering what their options are, uh, because you know most people are not in a position to be able to uh, you know take three months off work and spend eight hours a day on PubMed. Yeah, um, you know. That, that's that's not realistic, and uh, and yet they they need to they need to be there needs to be a form where they can access the research, and so packaging that up, making it digestible for the masses, is is the undertaking of the uh, of the ketotherapy.com website. Yep, and you also mentioned a lot of uh, work you want to put into helping people identify the right foods. A lot of the anti-cancer yeah. property foods, meals that that are taking a lot of that heavy lifting out and really making it just accessible yeah. for people. So, can you share on what your ideas are around the nutritional aspect of the site as much as the uh, research side of it? Sure, can. So there there will be a uh, a meal builder tool on the website, mm-hmm. uh, which will allow. Uh, a user to select different foods and that sort of thing um, and, and, and build meals, save meals, share meals with other users. But unlike uh, other, you know, foodie websites or meal builder websites, the, the only foods that will be available for selection when you're building a, a meal or a meal plan will be foods that have been shown to some degree to be, uh, to have anti-cancer properties and that are keto friendly. Mm-hmm. And so thing, things, things that d- don't fit in with that paradigm simply won't be there as an option. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's, you know, that, that's, that's a, a back-end safeguard and also a, you know, a, a front-end uh, a, a anxiety diffuser on the, part of the, on the part of the user because well, they know I mean, these things are vetted ahead. 
Yeah, I use a lot of these nutrition apps and it's there's 5 million foods in there. And so how do you how do you even begin to to select the right ones that are oh, right. that are vetted? So I think curating the list of foods is great because it's just going to give you a, only a limited selection of things that are that are known to be beneficial and it it removes all of the other noise which you'll find in a lot of other that's uh, right apps and stuff like and that. the other issue is is uh you know the 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 um the macronutrient databases that are on the back end of a lot of these apps that are they're drawing their data from a lot of times uh you'll, you'll think that the you'll think that the uh the website or the application is is uh is keeping track of all the macros and presenting something. But uh, when, when you open up a particular food, you, you notice that everything is zeroed out because on the back end in the, in the government database or wherever it's drawing from, there might not be any information on that particular brand that you've chosen. Yep. And so the data presented when it's, when it's tabulated and, you, uh, and given to you as a package might be off. Yep, which and really matters when you're when you're trying to build a ketogenic uh, meal plan, of course. Absolutely, and then taking that one step further, you know, you can give two people the exact same meal, and they will have different glycemic responses to said meal. Yep. So that's where I think the blood sugar testing, as well, and the ketone testing. There's some research out now that shows that uh, our individual glycemic response to a given food is determined by genetics, gut microbiome, the quality of sleep. So even taking the meals from your site, but then also following it up with some biometric data to say, yes, this, this kept my GKI in range. And for the next person, maybe it didn't. So I think that's where you can extend it with some, with some testing yeah. to really be sure this is something that will support your goals. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. It's, it's not going to do the whole job. It's simply going to pre present a list of foods that would be generally safe. And the other thing people need to do is have their uh, food sensitivities done. Yep. Uh, because something something that might be a perfectly legitimate uh, food to eat, avocados or, or yep. you know garlic or broccoli sprouts or something like that, might be wonderful. But if you're if you're sensitive to it, you might not break out in a rash on the outside, but it could be causing all sorts of inflammation on the Delayed inside, sensitivity which is going to well. be counter yep. counterproductive to what you're. That's right. Yeah, counterproductive so, to what we're trying to achieve. So that's an important part. Yeah, maybe uh, let's let's touch on that for a second. And that's uh, there's different types of allergy testing out there. And there's the traditional yeah. go get the, uh, the, 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 the prick on the back of the skin. And that's the traditional way of doing it, which a lot of people will do. But there's another method that involves blood testing. And it's looking for yeah. immunoresponses. It's commonly called the uh, IgG testing. Is that right? IgG testing, yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 just generally refer to it as food sensitivity testing food sensitivity. here. But if you if you would talk, it's it's not something that is ordered through a uh, through a family doctor here. Correct. It's ordered through a, a natural doctor. Yep. Uh, or you can order them online as well. Yeah. And there's different varieties, but the you know a natural doctor will know the most accurate Absolutely. ones or or qualified nutrition. Yeah, that's that's a very important point. Like you said, you can find the anti-cancer foods. You still want to make sure that it's glycemically safe with some blood sugar testing. And then yeah. the last piece, which really would, would, would I think eliminate all possible or as much of the risk as possible would be to make sure it doesn't show up on the food sensitivity testing. And then, you know, you're really yeah. keeping your inflammation response down, keeping your glycemic response down and making sure that the body is in the best possible position to, to do what it needs to do. So that's, that's a, a strong approach, I think, to the, to the nutritional aspect of things. 
Yeah, I think you've got all the pieces there then, because and, and that really goes to the point that there is there is no there is no uh, one size fits all perfect diet for anyone, and certainly not for cancer patients. I mean, there there are you know better diets and and worse diets, and there are some diets that are just bad for you all the time. But there's no there's no perfect diet across the board. It is it is individualized. It's yep. according to age and general condition of health and type and stage of disease and then and then your your own response to different food groups so th those are all critical pieces that need to be brought into the mix that sounds great well um, okay so that's uh, that's fascinating and I think that that's a good approach that people can use to really get going here and then the last piece I wanted to um, talk about Derek was uh, some of the potential you see in collecting this data at scale and I know that yeah. that's an area you and I are looking to collaborate on because if we have the data on 10,000 people and we're able to give people the ability to anonymously opt in to share that for a research study type of a thing where we could look at people who are using metabolic therapies for cancer and look at things like lab test results, nutrition logs, sleep data, heart rate variability, then there are some fascinating things that can be deduced from said data. And, and that's an area where maybe you and I can partner because we've already built yeah. the front end to ingest all of that information. It's admittedly more mm -hmm. challenging in Canada because we can't get the medical test results electronically like we can here in the United States. So in Canada, our users have to enter that data into Heads Up Health manually, which is a little bit more work. Mm -hmm. We also have a service that will do it for people. In the US here, it's all done through electronic API connection. So it just depends on where you live in, in terms of how easy it is to sync that data. But that's an area we can potentially partner on and, and just share some of your thoughts on, on how this data can actually have a really meaningful impact on what, on what we're talking about here. Yeah. Sure thing. Well, I see it. I I, I see it as a two prong uh, a, a two prong potential, really. I mean, so I can you know I, I I tell people you know my my story and and my response, what I believe my response to be to the sure. you know to the to the nutritional uh, changes and that and and uh, you know at, at the end of the day, uh, one 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 account as impressive as it may be is is anecdote. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a it's a personal story, personal testimony, so to speak, of, of the changes that I believe or the, the benefits I believe took place. Uh, it's not going to change uh, any clinician's mind, probably, and it's not going to get anybody a research grant. Yep. But uh, if there were a thousand of us or five thousand of us who, who uh, systemically tracked our data with tight controls, mm -hmm to minimize confounders as much as possible. And that data was meta-analyzed uh, and, and properly presented and uh, trends emerged, which we know they would. Mm -hmm. uh, now that becomes more than anecdote, right? Yeah. Now that's uh, strongly inferential. It's still not a, still not a, uh, you know, random, random control trial or anything like that, but it, but, but it's, it's becomes powerful data. Yep. Uh, data that, that can be used by the clinician to, you know, for illustration purposes. Mm -hmm. uh, data that can be viewed by the individual uh, who is, you know, presented with these options for the first time and is, and is wondering, uh, yeah. is there real legitimacy? How, how, how worthwhile is it, uh, you know, to cut out all of these foods that I love? Am, am I just going to, 
you know, lose weight and, and uh, plunge into cachexia. Um, yep. You know, they're going to have all different voices uh, talking to them with all sorts of different opinions. And, and what they are going to need to see is a, a visual presentation of the trends that emerge from, uh, from many, many people who have, who have uh, you know, logged their data under tight controls and, uh, and, you know, when that data is presented, then that becomes a powerful illustration of, of the potential. Yep. So that's, that's the goal. And that's, you know, and even, I mean, when I, when I was going through it and, and when I, I was fortunate enough to be able to, you know, leave, leave work and, and go to study full time. Uh, but for a long time, I, I understood the principles of the ketogenic diet, but at the same time, I didn't, uh, I had a hard time. Under, you know, visualizing what it actually looked at, like on my plate for lunch. Yep. You, know, you got these principles. Okay, you know, sugar feeds cancer. Um, you know, healthy fats uh, replace the calories. Uh, healthy cells can consume uh, ketone bodies for fuel. Cancer cells can't. Um, you understand the principles, but what does it look like on my plate for lunch? That's yep. what people need to, you know, especially when when they get go. So, uh, a. a uh, a presentation of, of the data in, in a simplified form that, uh, that shows the potential is going to be a powerful tool, I think, uh, to take a lot of the fear out of it, out of making the changes for, for a newly diagnosed patient, mm -hmm. and also becomes a, a good tool for the natural doctor or, or dietitian to use as an as a illustration of the potential. Yep. Well, hopefully that's an area that we can help out on. That's that's why I created Heads Up Health because I, I in my own health situation, I wanted to see how my lifestyle choices were actually affecting these these markers of disease. And some of that data was in this doctor portal that I had to log into and others was on my phone. And so there's there's the N equals one aspect, which helps people understand, yeah. okay, I'm making this sacrifice nutritionally and, and in my lifestyle. Is it making a difference in the numbers? So there's there's that aspect to it, and, and and it most certainly will, and it can be incredibly motivating and educational. And then there's, there's the data at scale where we can where we can have a large enough sample size to start to have some credibility and some leverage as we get hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people that are using these interventions. So um, yeah. I'm hoping that's a way that that we can also uh, get involved and, and support at some point. Yeah, and I and I you know the the I think I think the awareness is out there uh, in in the in the public consciousness on some level. What it needs to be is to be data driven. Yes. Um, change 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 if it's going to happen in in the application of uh, of nutrition in in oncology is not going to come from the top down. It's going to come from the bottom up. Yep. Right? Agreed. Where, where, where people like us uh, start uh, getting a little more systematic, a little more rigorous with data collection and, uh, and finding platforms like the one you've built uh, mm -hmm. to, to, uh, uh, to send it in that it would be meta-analyzed and presented and analyzed in such a way that it becomes very, very meaningful. So that's, 
where I see change happening. I, th- yep. th- this is this is the vehicle through which change is going to happen. Yes, I hope so. I, I don't doubt it. Yep. Well, you've provided some incredibly helpful information, a lot of good names, a lot of good resources. We'll summarize everything and include them in the show notes here. Uh, your website that you're starting to build, again, if you can share it here. I know it's still under construction, so we'd love to have you back once it's up and running and yep. the, the tools and yep. the research are there. So you, you have the uh, start of it. What's the URL? It's www.ketotherapy.com. Okay. So we'll keep in touch as you build this out. We've, we've got a lot of mutual connections that I'm sure will also help uh, keep the information going between us like Doreen and others. So I just want to say thank you for coming on here and, uh, and speaking with me. It was a really wonderful discussion and uh, I look forward to All right. having you on again. And uh, I know we've got some collaboration to do. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Thanks very much. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Data Driven Health Radio. 